Welcome to Getting My Cheese Back on My Cracker. I am Ashley Nicole. And I'm Paige Benjamin of Atomic Travels. Thank you for joining us today as we have another great discussion on different aspects of mental health in our community coming right up after a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Ashley Nicole. I appreciate y'all for listening and hopefully you're all getting your, keeping your cheeses on your crackers. I'm dropping in on this episode to give you some goodies. Have you been wanting to get into the podcast game and don't know where to start? I got you. I have answers. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor has everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Let me say it again, um, in case you missed it. Everything that you need to make a podcast is conveniently in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Free 99, zero dollars, zero cents. So, go ahead Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. I can't wait to listen to your podcast too. Um, during this conversation, we will discuss how we can heal through trauma uh, without extending trauma. Um, uh, in the previous episode, it was brought up that we should be healing through traumas without extending trauma to paraphrase. How do you feel and I'm not going to quote anybody from previous episodes, right? Um, but I want to make sure that um, we can find a move forward. Um, listening to Paige, listening to Devin from the clinical point of view, um, it sounds like we need to make talking about therapy sexy, which is Ashley's primary goal, right? Um, I don't want to feel embarrassed to tell somebody, you know what, I need to leave this pickup game because I got a therapy session. But we'll be quick to say, yo, I got to go get a haircut, or I got to go get waxed, or I got to go do this, that, and the other. And the goal is, you know, to kind of get an understanding from everyone on this table, on this panel, is, you know, beyond the politically correct, right? What is it that we can do to um, heal through our traumas without, you know, um, I think San had mentioned last session, last, during the men's section, was that, you know, he, at one point, you know, the only way to survive the trauma, and for him, it was more of a ridicule from both sides, from his African side and from his American side, was to, you know, fight with, to the point sometimes he probably had people crying, you know what I mean? Um, what are some ways you guys feel as though that we can move forward? We can move forward as a people such that um, we can help one another um, survive the traumas that we've experienced. Um, I'm going to go to Nick um, and, um, you know, because I, I think Nick had a really good point um, during, the, during um, the men's session where it was really about making sure everybody feels, feels um, like they're all part of something. So, Nick, I, I'll go to you. I'm sitting here trying to remember exactly what you thought was a good point. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I think I mean, all in all, so I, I think um, being able to 
to have or build community where you are um, with those that you love um, is is an important piece of this, right? Like, and it gets me thinking back to to the the piece about black men needing black women to be their piece. That's a lot of emotional labor for somebody to do for somebody else, you know. Um, I think the importance of having community is the fact that you, a there's a shared labor. Um, if it's if it's a large enough community or if it's a connected community, I'll say that right. Like if this is a friend group, and you have an issue, this is a probably an easier space to talk about some of these things because it's multiple people who can care for you and, and thus the caring feels a little bit easier, I think. Um, uh, but, but furthermore, I mean, I think it's just important, especially right now, um, where social distancing should be a priority for us, should be, should be a priority for us. It should be a priority for us to be social distancing. We should be prioritizing that. Social distance, this is for anybody who's listening who's not practicing it, please. Prioritize social distancing right now. This is the best way for us to stay safe. Um, but in the midst of that, right, like, human connection is is lost, right? And so maybe you live with a, a family or with a roommate or roommates, like, you got a little bit of something there, or maybe you're going to work right now, so you are maybe seeing some people. Um, but for some of the rest of us, we, you know, we don't have anybody at home. Um, we're not in a place where we're near much family. So being able to build and have this connection with folks is, is important. I think just for our sanity, just in general, right? Like we're communal creatures. Um, and so to add to that, the, the need to be able to talk about and talk through the things that may be plaguing us, um, that may be, that may also be like shared issues, right? You might not even be the only person going through this or that has some experience with this or, or who may need or want to talk about the thing, right? Like, I think being able to, to get back and build um, and, and create community is, is important just for the, the, the mental um, healthiness. Um, but also I'm thinking about something that, 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 that Jackie was talking about earlier as we're talking about what leadership in our community needs to look like, right? Um, yeah, there are black men who are in leadership spaces, but there are lots of black women, lots of black women who have been taking the charge um, for leadership roles. And, and I, I hear, you know, you all talking about going to urban league meetings or what have you, and it's only women there, right? I think, um, A, the fact that women are getting together to find this community where they need to find community to 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 exercise their 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 um, their activism or whatever it is that they're getting out of that space is important. I think we need to be doing that collectively, like just finding these spaces for you. Um, for a lot of black men, I don't I don't I can't speak to why we don't come out to 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 professional gatherings or to communal gatherings with a purpose. I, I couldn't, I couldn't put, put something on it. Um, I wish I knew. I, I wish I could answer that question for myself sometimes too, because I, I have, couldn't tell you the last time I've been to a, anybody's chapter meeting for anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, it just, it's not happening. It hasn't even been something that I prioritize. Being in the community, being around people who I, who I know or who I, um, feel a little bit closer to in proximity. I don't know why. That's been easier for me. 
Um, but I mean, and this is a little bit off the topic of your question, Purge, but this has just been on my mind since it was brought up. But it's like, yo, as we're thinking about reorganizing the structure of how we, you know, fight this fight, um, and also thinking about black men not being prevalent, even the the celebrity ones, the famed ones, right? Like I'm thinking about a beef that just kind of happened with J. Cole and No Name, if you know who these people are, right? And so No Name got at J. Cole about not being vocal, about not being this, that, and the third. J. Cole responded on a song talking about he doesn't know what to read, doesn't actually read as much as people might think that he does, and he's just not that well-versed in whatever, right? But he's doing his own thing. Um, I hear both of those things, right? I'm, and, I, and, and a solution that I hear in that is like, yo, yes, Black women are, are largely more active than us. I think they are also smarter than us. They also have I mean, definitely have more college degrees or just degrees in general than us. They may be better at organizing and planning than we are. Um, I think from my experience, both with black men and black women, black women have been trained to survive a little bit better than black men. Um, I think leaning into the fact that black women are strong leaders and that they also have this, some sway and influence in our community that they could mobilize black men or convince black men to mobilize ourselves based off of whatever connecting they're doing on a higher level. Like if we can build out a hierarchy of that, right? Like how could, you know, I, I still see us putting black men to work and being active in this fight, maybe placing us in places where we're able to keep our entire community safe, right? Um, while also being able to create space for and to listen to actively right black women who i think have proven time and time again for at least 60 years that they know what's going on right um so um I, again like i know that this was like aside from that point but I, I this has been with me since it was brought up like i i think that this is like there's there's a way to to address that deficit that we're seeing from the black men in this community um, and I think it can, I think it definitely can tie back to us needing to create community um, amongst each other. So, you know, I don't think that's out of topic, right? And I think that's, you bring that up at a good time because the, the, the purpose of this question really is to, um, how do we find a way through the BS that's going on in our lives, right? Um, you know, right now there's this, I, I think you put put it pretty much, as blunt as you can last time, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a race war about to pop off, right? Um, how do we come together to ensure that we as a people come together? Um, forget gender, forget um, you know, who's doing what. How do we come to the same? I personally feel as though that we are on too many planes um, and the message is so, so blurry that um, that's why we're unable to, 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 to fight the same fight. Um, I, I think it's spoken earlier is if we can find a way to um, unify our efforts, speak the same language, speak towards the same efforts, we'd be able to make a huge change, whether it's men or women, I think we'd be able to make a huge change. And leadership is one thing, but let's be honest, a great leader is nothing without the people behind him or her. Right. If the people organizing are the women and the children and 
and the people behind that, um, that leader is only as strong as the people behind them. Let them all leave and see what happens, right? And so I, I don't think that the leadership gender role or gender makes a difference. I think what makes a difference is, are we following the right people? Are we going in the right direction, right? As, as, as we speak on mental health in this scenario, are we going in the right direction, right? Um, Ashley and I really wanted to make sure that um, we, don't, we don't want people to feel bad about how do we heal ourselves through the issues that we're going through, right? Um, you know, during this episode, during, during this recording alone, we've talked about so many different forms of trauma, whether it be in a workplace, whether it be being pulled over by police, whether it be um, feeling the microaggressions um, just being at the airport and having a hair touch because they thought you were, they were in a safari and they can just do that, right? How do we go past that? Do we, um, is, um, you know, race-based um, education, re-education of others the goal? Um, is it um, making sure that we stand for something as, as a united front and not as, you know, these group of people, these group of, these group of people, right? Um, I don't want to go into a tangent, but um, how do we find a way to heal as a people, right? I mean, this is, anybody can unmute yourself and start talking. I know Ashley wants to, Ashley wants to talk, but um, how do we as a group of people, um, you know, find a way to heal together? Because the whole part, the whole idea of this is how do we get to a point of healing? Because um, we continuously... Um, impose the traumas on one another as we continue to segment ourselves into our own little cliques or into our own little ideas of where things should go. Um, but it's rare that we're seeing ourselves going in the same direction. Does that make sense to everybody? All right, so I'm going to actually go. So I, I agree with much of what was said. And thank you, Nick, for, um, for expounding. You were, you were in the topic, Nick. And <laughs> the question correctly Nick um, uh, but I agree um, that's that's really the purpose of why, why I had this idea why I wanted to create this space because yes at the end of the day there's a reason for why all of these things are taking place but if we if we stuck in arguing over who showed up and who did what and who's doing what and not talking about therapy or not advocating therapy or getting help or not even creating the space such as this or such as our Facebook community where people can have these conversations, where people can, um, can get comfortable and start getting that help or start, um, start like I said, creating that conversation, we're, we're not going to be able to move forward. So I, I always thank you guys for that. And then now the floor is open for Paige's question. <laughs> so anybody just unmute yourselves and go ahead. So I would say one thing that um, it kind of happened this weekend and I've talked about it before. When you talk about how as a people do we heal, I think it starts at home. I think we have to have these conversations with our families as to why we respond the way that we do. Why do we act the way that we do? Why do we connect with people in the way that we do? Um, so in order for us to, I think, 
connect with people outside the house, we got to heal what's happening in the house. There's so mm -hmm. much brokenness going on within our homes. There's so many secrets. There's so much hurt, so much pain there that I think we have to really start challenging our parents and our grandparents and our aunts and our uncles have those conversations that we really don't want to have. Um, and I think that's the only way that we're even going to learn more about ourselves and look at why we respond this way. You know, I have anger. Okay, why do I have anger? Because um, my mama got anger and my grandma got anger and my great grandma and this, 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 that, and the third. So we have to also look at the generational trauma. But if we don't sit down and have open, candid conversations with our family, we don't really, we won't really understand why we act and respond in the way that we do. So go ahead. So let me, let me ask a question to that. So, um, I, you know, as I pointed out earlier, um, you were able to get the religious community on board, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're talking about generational traumas, right? You're talking about people stuck in their ways, right? Um, and, you know, once again, I, I don't mean to jump over anybody, but, like, between you and dad, how do we get mom, grandma, grandpa, granddad to think outside of, well, you know, back in my day, you know, you would just mind your business and don't say anything. Um, how do you get them to have the conversation about mental health? Because we get the idea that mental health is not a good place, to, not a good conversation to have. Because um, I think it was said um, in one of the episodes, "Don't be telling strangers our stories, our our, our issues." Right? How do you guys break that conversation? Because um, you know, as we become more Americanized, and I'm just speaking as a West Indian, as I become more Americanized. I'm more comfortable talking about certain things, whereas I can't get my dad or my mom to talk about therapy. You know what I mean? That's probably the last thing that they want to talk about, but they themselves have gone through years and years of trauma. Um, they will never close to, to talk to somebody and deal with the issues that they've been dealing with. Um, I would say for me, I want those people, you ask me a question, I'm going to give you my answer. And even if you don't like my answer, I'm going to keep giving you my answer. So <laughs> if you say, oh, such and such is happening, well, maybe you should try therapy. Well, I don't want to go to therapy. Da -da 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 -da. Okay, you bring it up again. Well, maybe you should try therapy. Like, I just keep saying, like, I don't mind challenging people out of love. Because my thing is, nobody ever died from being mad. So you may be mad at me, but at the end of the day, it's going to help you in the long run. So my family knows, like, that's always my recommendation because I tell them all the time, like, I get on my soapbox and I be like, all of us got something to heal from. We all are traumatized. And da -da 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 -da. Like, I just always start going off. And I could say for the first time this past weekend, I was able to have one of the most candid conversations with my aunt and, and my siblings just about growing up, our family dynamic, and why we all needed to just go to therapy and heal all these different things. Now, I've been doing this for a while, but it finally hit 
So it's just, it's kind of like the civil rights movement. How many times did people get beat up and, you know, holes down and all of these different things, but they kept pushing? It's the same thing. You just have to keep pushing. And yeah, some people may be mad. They may not talk to you for X, Y, Z amount of time. And that's okay too, because they're trying to process what you're saying. But at some point you break through. And I just can just say from my personal experience, it's just keep on revisiting the issue. So I could say like my grandmother from years ago, my uncle started going to therapy probably almost 20 years ago. Her response was like, "Mm, okay, but I don't really agree. And so now her response is, well, you know, therapy wasn't an option for me. I had Jesus. However, I encourage people to go to therapy because now that's an option. Now it took 20 years to change that but at the end of the day the perspective does change if you keep pushing the envelope and if you keep normalizing like when people call me I'd be like oh yeah I got a therapy session or you know uh, my therapist said like I just put it out there like what am I embarrassed about I'm trying to become the best version of myself and therapy is a part of that so I think the more you normalize it the more you talk about it and you keep it in their face they have no choice but to come around that's how, that's my opinion, but that's what has worked for me so far because it felt so great to be able to have that deep, candid conversation with my family when before that wasn't even an option. So, I, so on a jump, so like, I perfectly agree. Like, that's how you have to do it because, again, going back to like the whole idea of locus of control, you can't control what other folks do, right? So, you can tell. Your, your dad, your mom, your nana, your mima, your pop pop, like all these people, like all these things. And like, it's up to them to like really buy into it, right? So uh, just like Paige said, just keep normalizing it and just make it normal conversation. Oh yeah, I went to therapy today, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay. And for her, for her family, it took them 20, it took her grandmother 20 years. And like, you'll see that um, in other spaces that people will slowly come around because they'll have a better understanding of what it actually does. Um, because I forget who said it, um, but like the whole idea of what people think therapy is, um, that's what people think. So like, especially because of movies, anything like that, um, they think like, oh, we're going to go and tell all our secrets and everybody going to know our business and we all going to get in trouble. Right. Cause that's, that's what some people think, like certain things you tell, well, well, Deb, not just that, right? I, I think part of it is also the the movies depict that if you're crazy, they give you medication, mm-hmm. right? Right. And there's the whole theory of big pharma's push is back, you know, therapy, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, it's a lot of that as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the again. So when you normalize it, you kind of demystify it, like personally, right? Because you're like, okay, I went to therapy. My therapist didn't give me medication. They didn't prescribe medication. Um, some people need medication. Like, that's a very real thing. And that's okay. Um, not everybody not everybody does. Some people do. Um, and normalizing that, you had to take medication. Okay, something's going on chemically in your brain. And that's fine. It's just like any other ailment. So if you had diabetes, nobody's going to double, uh, look at you double for taking insulin. Like, it's the, it's the same concept. So like getting to the point that we look at mental health disorders the same way that we look at any other uh, disease or ailment, um, 
I think that's how we get to to get past that by by one on one normalizing. Can I ask a question? Is that is that can I do that? I don't know if I can. Can I do that? Okay. Um. So Paige, like before you got to like those conversations, did you have to go to therapy first, or you just kind of like thought that oh something was something was off before um, you had those conversations with your family? So the funny thing is, it was before. So as much as mm -hmm. I'm an advocate for therapy, I avoided therapy for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I would always tell people to go, but I was like, I don't want to go because I had tried it before in college. And so this is why it's important to have a therapist that look like you. So in college, I had this white lady. I could tell she was just there for a check um, and not saying a therapist who doesn't look like you can't help you. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that at all. But she didn't challenge me. She didn't help me process anything. Like she literally just sat there and listened and that was it. And I'm like, well, where are the assignments? Like, can you help me process mm -hmm. this? Can you do this and that? And it was nothing. So because I had that experience, I was like a little jaded, but I was like, well, maybe it'll help other people. So I had friends telling me to go to therapy all the time. And it wasn't until I got into a mental health first aid and started to really understand what therapy was, understanding just mental health and mental illness as a whole, that I just started having those conversations with my family because I started to recognize things and certain behaviors that, oh, well, that's mm -hmm. what that is and whatever. But I finally, like COVID finally sent me to therapy because I was like, mm -hmm. the therapy, traveling was my therapy, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go travel. I'm gonna do this, that, and the third. Well, when you take travel away, and you take socializing away, okay, now I got to go sit down with somebody. Right. So um, I was having these conversations with them beforehand, encouraging them to go because I had other outlets. I did recognize the importance of self-care and, um, you know, self-help. So I was like, oh, I could do this. And because the, um, what my master's degree um, I chose not to go down the counseling route, but I still had to study counseling. So I knew the techniques. I knew all of that. I'm like, I got this. I don't need nobody. Um, I was wrong. Everybody needs a therapist. Um, but yes, so I did have um, those conversations with them beforehand, but now psh, they get tired of me. They get tired of me and I don't care. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause that's, cause like, I find that a lot of people, like once they get that but it's, it's essentially the same the same trajectory in the sense that people like feel something's going on, something happens, and they get that education, whether it's with a therapist or it's like your route doing it like through education from like their job or other exposure. And mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, okay, this is coming from a different place. Let me add, let me start talking to, to my family and kind of unpacking a lot of this generational stuff because this didn't start with me there's actually a book that called i think it's called like it, it didn't start with you um and kind of talks more about um generational trauma um and things like that so yeah that was, that was my question thank you for that you're welcome thank y'all so much um before we move on to the next um thing did anyone have anything else to add to add um i was gonna say um i when it comes to trauma um both things that both Dev and Paige was talking about like addressing the generational traumas and stuff, but I think it's so important to be intentional about the things that you need because when people talk about trauma and healing and stuff, like there rarely are people intentional with um, discussing the things that they need from other people. Like they might talk about things on a superficial level, but they never really get to the nitty gritty of what they really need from a person. So Sometimes that's why they repeat a lot of the same mistakes or they end up being, you know, keep having these trauma bonds with people because they only deal with things on a superficial level and they really don't 
have those pure intentions of really addressing what it is they need to overcome their traumas. And then also like, you know, with validation and reassurance and, you know, self-identity and stuff like that. So like having, you know, like other resources. So say like a project like yours, Jacqueline, um, Jacqueline, the, um, what's the royalty project, right? I think that's the name of it. So like something like that, like, I think it would be beautiful because even, you know, like your home, like you may not have those resources, but you go to a place, you know, like the royalty project, you know, where you get that sense of validation and, you know, a sense of identity and they teach you about, you know, where you come from, more about your history and things like that. So it can also combat those things and you can learn tools from, you know, like a, an environment like that and it can kind of combat the negativity that you may experience in a home where you have like those generational traumas and stuff like that, but you have to be intentional in the things that you need and being able to utilize those resources. So if you're not getting at home, maybe somebody in the home can, you know, at least have some sense of awareness and be like, I can't give it to you, but let me put you in an environment where you can get the things that you need because I know I'm lacking. So like things like that. And that's amazing because I actually want to, you know, re-ask the question of Jacqueline or Jackie. Um, you know, last week we, you know, the, the last session we asked about how does um, the Royalty Project deal with this I think your answer was um, to what teachers talking about, which is making sure that they understand where they're coming from, right? I, I think part of a lot of the issues are that um, we don't know, um, you know, think about it. How many of y'all can go as far back when you, when you go to the hospital or when you go to the doctor and they ask you about your family history? How many of you can honestly say you know what every person in your family has gone through? who's had any mental illnesses, who's gone blind due to glaucoma, who's had diabetes, who, as, as African-Americans or the African diaspora, we know we're all susceptible to those things. But understanding where you're from really helps shape your mind, right? And I think what the Royalty Project is doing is shaping these young minds at an age where they're not easily hopefully they're not as influenced as we were growing up in that age range, right? Giving them a sense of self where I think a lot of us grew up with, you know, maybe a lack of self-esteem, a lack of not knowing where they are, especially us immigrants or children of immigrants, you know, um, we lacked it on, on multiple levels because we weren't all the way black to, to some people, right? And we were too black to other people. So, um, you know, I say, say, you know, can you kind of expound or reiterate, you know, royalties probably, you know, goal? And, you know, in addition to that, how do you think it helps in, um, in preparing these young men and women um, for the world as it relates to being mindful of who they are and being able to overcome some of these traumas they've experienced? I have a response for that. I'm not sure what the question was, but um, so, so the question is through your program, how yeah. are you able to help? Because I, I know last time it was mostly in mentorship, right? Um, but 
does that mentorship help them understand their oh i got it i got it i got it and what they could potentially go through okay um so the royalty project it's not specifically just how tisa was describing it it's not specifically um therapy or counseling but it's therapeutic in the nature of how it's executed so it's a reveal release reshape platform and the center of it is specifically that self-esteem is the gateway to anything you want to achieve in life and the root of self-esteem is self-awareness and self-awareness is understanding where you come from who you are and that includes your history not just your immediate family history but what being black in America has meant over time, not just today in this moment, but what it has meant. And not just the agony of it, but the triumph through it. So I think a lot of programs, other programs try to erase slavery or erase some of the things that we had trauma through, but I think that is absolutely doing people a disservice. I think we need to understand how we triumphed and prevailed through it through slavery, through Reconstruction era, through Jim Crow, through civil rights, all the way up into the movement of which is today. So the Royalty Project does that, and, and quite frankly, it does that more for the adults, um, or just as much for the adults as it does for the kids, and that's why it's a mentor. That's why the core, the core competency of the program is a mentor program because we get to experience these things, learning these things with discussion and activity together. And I think the component that we recently added um, is, is going to be incredible in terms of transforming and really breaking down some of the, the miseducation that adults have experienced. So this race-based, so our, our commitment to our children really means that we are committed to changing adults' perspective as well. So it's only right that we now branch out and say, okay, well now we need to target adults and educate and reveal, release and reshape their perspective of what it means to be black and what it means and what black culture has meant to American culture and how we've had to fight for the liberties that they were given by birth. And we're still fighting for those liberties. Um, and there is a lot of therapy in that. Um, as much as it's empowering, there's a lot of healing that happens in that. It's not working. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was having technical difficulties with my mute. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you guys for, that was a lot y'all just said. And I appreciate all of it. And I'm so glad that we were able to get all of those different opinions. That's pretty much it for the discussion today. I wanna um, just wrap this up with, um, if you have anything going on, any, um, where can people find you, what you have going on or any of that? The floor is open. All right, so y'all can, oh, okay. <laughs> can follow me on uh, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram, um, Be Your Best You LLC on everything. Um, I, on the 24th, did a uh, mental health talk called Hashtag Let's Talk About It, where people who actually work, who have been in therapy, um, who are currently in therapy, actually talk about their experience. 
Um, so you can catch that on uh, my YouTube, the replay, and we'll be doing another session on uh, the 14th of August. So um, that's what I have coming up. Uh, really transformative. It was amazing to see so many different people really um, talking about their experience and what it's like um, from the first time they sat down with a therapist, the why. Um, it was really good. So that's that's what you can look forward to from me. Thank you. Uh, I'm at Nick Pratt Music on all platforms. Play my music on title because they pay them more and they black on peace. Go ahead, Tisa. We're, we're just going to announce people at this point. <laughs> I thought Jacqueline was going to go, my bad. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Tisa Lachey or um, my blog Instagram, Gracefully Speaking 87. My blog is actually um, gracefullyspeaking87.com and my podcast is Gracefully Speaking. Um, if y'all can drop y'all links and stuff in the chat, because I forget when y'all be saying it, but I love to like see what everybody has going on. So just drop your <laughs> link. I think I follow everybody with Nicholas though. If y'all have something new, just drop the link. So I love to listen to the podcast and and all that stuff. So drop a link and I'll follow, listen, whatever it is. Okay, Jackie. Devin was unmuting, so I thought he was like, okay, okay. Um, the royaltyproject.org. I will encourage all of you amazing people that are doing such wonderful things to um, take an interest in mentoring for the program. We probably will be doing a virtual experience of the program, which it, it, it's, it won't even give you the full vibe of what we experience when we get together as a community. But what it will give us is the opportunity to mentor from remote spaces. So those people who couldn't make it to Harlem on a Saturday um, to spend four or five hours can make it over Zoom. And so now the kids will have opportunities to have mentors that are across the United States and maybe internationally. So um, if you would go to theroyaltyproject.com and express your interest and get on our mailing list so that we can give you updates about when the next sessions are starting, that would be great. www.theroyaltyproject.org. I do have a question. Jack, so I've seen um, on your website before, uh, I think you take donations or whatever. So the link for the donation and stuff, it's on the same site or is it another like link? Or it's right there. As soon as you go, that home page is a nice little red donate button. Um, and you can definitely donate there. Okay. Is the, um, the share option, is it on the site too? Like just the, the share the link or just, just the website? Um, it links to a PayPal, which makes it easier for people because some people rather either use their credit card or use their own PayPal account. Um, so it links to that. So if you send people, if you send people the link just to the org, it's, it's the first thing you see, basically the donate button or not the first thing you see, you see our name and our logo, but it's, it's very, it's very prevalent and easy to identify. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a gold button that says donate. <laughs> it's gold now we're doing some updates <laughs> that's fantastic um all right so a few things so can am i am i, I i'm not even far i'm trying to see so to get the spelling of it but you can follow me on instagram at dev the counselor um with the k um i had a podcast that just dropped 
um, the dive with Eddie and Dev. Uh, uh, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about different things. Um, all trying to tie in mental health. Uh, so you can follow the podcast at the dive. So T H E underscore dive underscore podcast. Um, on Instagram, we are on, I believe, all streaming platforms at this point, except title. Um, so we're not on title just yet. Um, but yeah, so new episode uh, dropping next week. Current episode up uh, now. So yeah, I think that's all I got. Oh, that's me, huh? I thank y'all so much for, I thank y'all so much for y'all's time. I thank y'all for dealing with me and my technical difficulties, like finding my mouse and unmuting my screen. I thank y'all so much for y'all's time. I thank y'all. As we sign off, we want to remind you that it's okay to not have your cheese on your cracker and that we're here to work towards getting there together.